Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, is the word dictionary in the dictionary? If so, it probably says something like dictionary, noun. A dictionary is the word you are reading now and the pages they were printed on. Basically, this thing you are looking at right now that you're holding, reading words from, it's a dictionary. As in, hey, look at me. I'm holding a dictionary in my hands as I read the definition of dictionary. Yeah, it's probably something like that. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. The music industry. The thought of navigating through such a massive marketplace as an artist alone can be daunting. The path to the top is filled with wrong turns, dead ends, burned bridges, and fallouts. But those pitfalls are what shape you for the summit of the mountain. There's no direct path to success, but having people in your corner can go a long way. These people can be mentors, friends, parents, or even acquaintances. But if your name is Eddie Benjamin, it's all of the above. Eddie Benjamin was born in Australia. His birth name is Edward George Hendricks Benjamin. His father is a touring musician and his mother is one of Australia's best dancers and choreographers. The careers of Eddie's parents laid the foundation for his life as an artist. Although music was all around, Benjamin's mom and dad let him discover music for himself, not forcing him into any one lane, but just to do what felt comfortable. He credits his love for music to being around the artists his father hung around, unlocking a young Eddie's brain that there was so much to do in the world of music. While at college in Australia, Eddie formed the band Hayes Trio. The group toured Australia and even won several band competitions, eventually prompting Eddie Benjamin to move to the States to work on music full-time. Once landing in LA, Benjamin soon found himself writing and producing for artists like Megan Trainer and Earth, Wind & Fire, and eventually meeting his mentor, Justin Bieber, through a mutual friend. My friends, I don't want to feel anything. Lost my face and I lost my brain. I don't need that love. Things would soon change for Eddie Benjamin after meeting with Bieber. Benjamin released his debut single in 2020, F My Friends. The following year, he appeared in Bieber's 2021 documentary, co-wrote Shawn Mendes's It'll Be Okay, and released his debut EP, Emotional, all in the same year. Go tell the weatherman I said, I want a sunny outside today, no darkness into my emotions, so tired of living in yesterday. Go tell the weatherman I said, all the rain from last year's pain is gone. Go tell the weatherman I sent, good thanks for all the things that he's Currently, you can find Eddie Benjamin opening for Justin Bieber on his Justice World Tour. Things are looking very bright for the young star, but Benjamin seems to be enjoying the ride and, more importantly, staying humble as he rockets towards pop superstardom. My name is Eric Zachary, and this is The Spot Podcast, where famous people spot off about more than what they're famous for. And today, that's Eddie Benjamin.
17 phones. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm opening with this. So, like, right before we started rolling, you told me you've gotten through 17 phones in the last year. Yeah. That's an absurd Maybe number. Maybe it's two years. That's not okay. It's a lot. It's really a lot. Like, I'm not lying. There's no way around it. I broke a lot of phones. I, and I told you, so here we are. Eddie Benjamin, <laughs> man. Uh, do you still have all the phones? Are they are they stacked up? Well, some of them I, I, I took into Apple. Some of them I take into, like, an out... Uh, out of market like fixer yeah some i just have to like it's like the little mall stand yeah it's like, like we a can bunch. Repair this. i've become friends like even in australia like i know some like iphone fixes <laughs> that's how like are you starting to believe me more most artists have plugs for like dude i need to get to like this venue this fast you're like no. nah, man i got my iphone glass guy literally he knows what's up no exactly oh man uh dude first and foremost <laughs> congratulations thank you on everything i was telling you before we started i, I got sent your cover of, i think it was Timberlake Cry Me a River. You're just plucking on the bass, you know, singing crazy. very casually. I think it was like a year ago. Now now here we are, opening up arenas for Bieber, Weatherman, new album on the way. Mm-hmm. What's going through your head on a daily basis? Like, how are you not getting caught up in all this? How are you staying just level? I think, I think I'm not going to just sit here and pretend like there's, it's not insane and there's not a lot going on. You know, some, some mornings I'm, I wake up, I'm like, whoa, yeah. this is... This is intense. It's a lot to wake up. This to. is this is happening, you know. Um, and I, yeah, definitely, my brain can 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 like everyone's can sway them in different directions. So yeah, but you know, I think starting the tour and like with all these things happening, it's just like I've had a bit of time to prepare, and I, and like we'll get into later. I'm sure like I have a really amazing people around me. Mm-hmm. And I keep it very tight. And yeah, they're just, they're helping me through it. But I'm not going to sit here and act like I have it figured out. It's definitely right. a lot. It's a day by day thing. Yeah. I love, I, I read somewhere that your mom was a choreographer mm. and your dad was a touring musician. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you have the influence of, of very important people in the industry like Bieber and, you know, the different songwriters and, and the studios you're in and label mates. And I'm sure there's a lot of guidance that comes with that. But first and foremost, it's got to be the parents. They see you going on this road and it's a pretty unique experience that they've also been in aspects of this yeah what was their advice going into the justice yeah tour. wow that's a great question yeah so i mean my dad has been on many arena tours my mom has definitely like made so many projects and is a performer as well so yeah they definitely have been in that kind of territory um i'm i grew up as a performer honestly so i've been you know i've been playing shows since i was really little it's kind of my favorite thing yeah. in the world Walking into the arena the other day, playing playing in LA in yeah. front of everyone ever, every label person, e- everyone ever. Yeah, that not was, just like a crowd, like important people too. Like, I got pulled into Will. Sm- I l- met Will Smith that night. That was like, but like, imagine if I played terribly, then that wouldn't have been very fun. No, but like, I say that to say that day was a really hard day playing you know the other day playing in LA just like okay this is a lot of things a lot of people coming to watch me I really got to perform here that mm-hmm. that was a, that was that was a tough day but having my parents honestly there and just like being with me that you know that's kind of got me through it and honestly talking to some of my mentors you know they were like stay with your family and make sure yeah. that connection's strong and I think that really helped me get through it but it was a hard day being yeah. in close proximity definitely quiets the noise and the chaos <sighs> yeah are you For glad sure. that, that that L.A. show, that the pressure of that L.A. show happened in the beginning of the tour? <laughs> like Probably. Early on? Yeah, I would say. I would say, like... Because now it's smooth sailing, man. Like, yeah. Once you go to Will Smith's, like, box, <laughs> you're like, all right, man. <laughs> no, exactly. No, like, um, 
Yeah, LA was definitely a lot. I, w- I was ready, but it was definitely like, wow, everyone is here. Mm-hmm. And um, it was an amazing experience. Honestly, like, got off stage and met all these array of amazing people. And I definitely, yeah, it was a beautiful experience. And honestly, everyone is so supportive and nice. Yeah. And just pushing each other in the best ways. And, and yeah, it was a special night, honestly. What are your parents like there? Are they being like total parents, like phone out? Like, that's my kid. Like, it's a talent show or? That's, they're a little, that, that, that they're kinda, a little cooler yeah, with it. They're a little, yeah, they're, they're a little chill, of course. You know, my mom is like filming everything, <laughs> honestly. But like, yeah, I'm like, okay, guys, it's all right. We, you know, easy, ones, easy, yeah, easy, we're, easy. we're okay. You know, of course, definitely they embarrass me, but that's what it's all about. I'm all about paying the respects to the, the people that made it possible. So like, 100%. I haven't heard a little bit about Mm. who your dad toured for and what your mom has created as a choreography. Let's just give me some quick bullet points. Yeah. Um, Brag on them. Man, so my mom has... Oh, <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, my mom's definitely a really successful choreographer and dancer. She's won Australian Dancer of the Year and Casually. Australian... You're just going to open with like... Australian Choreographer of the Year. Yeah. My dad, you know, he was um, actually in one of the biggest Australian bands. Like, he, he you know, he... Went on supporting tours with Nirvana. They were actually called Yothu Yindi. You know, he's he's played in eighty thousand seat festivals, and like those stories, yeah. hearing that was like, oh my god, I need to do that. Yeah. So like, yeah, being around artists like honestly enabled me anything. Like enabled my brain to kind of be like, oh, I can kind of felt like I could do kind of anything. And also another thing I would say, they were never like pushy. They were never like, you gotta play, you gotta dance, you gotta da da da. They were they just like. There's some instruments in the round. You wanna you wanna vibe if you you know. And I think that also like, I was like, oh, it's up to me. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Ugh. And it kind of made me really hungry. So yeah, I think that, you know, I'm like, I say that to say like, yeah, it's all because of them for sure. That's cool, man. I have a similar situation. My mom was a professional dancer and my dad was in music too. But so like, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. You know. However, I'm not opening for Justin Bieber. I mean, so. bro, no. no. <laughs> Come on, come on. But yeah, it's it, that support system, man. It's it's next level. It's cool yeah. when it's it's still very relevant. Yeah. Who taught you to backflip? Honestly, in the lounge room, just with my mom, I was just flipping around, and she, you know, just what helped you mean me. Just flipping around. Like, so like, day, like, let's just launch so into the air. As a kid, I was like really hyper and like super into gymnastics, and I would just like be f- honestly just flipping around, running everywhere, and eventually, my mom was like taught me how to flip and land and do it well so you're gonna hurt yourself literally no literally she was like you gotta learn how to land first before yeah you throw your body backwards when's the first time you remember flipping on stage the other night really when i saw the video was like the first one the one on instagram was i've i had never done a backflip on stage until that moment did you know you were gonna do it no 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 i'm very spare at the moment very spare at the moment I, I hate to draw attention to it, but you literally have a boot on your foot right now. <laughs> I want to be clear, that's not from the back foot. No, it's not. Okay. It's not from the back flip at all. Yeah. You're, we'll run it back real quick, but you said it was like kind of a childhood injury. And it's just Yeah, so like I was skating um, at Bondi, mm-hmm. Bondi Beach yep. Skate Park, and I was grinding down a handrail and I really just destroyed landed. my ankle. Yeah, I, I broke my growth plate and yeah, it just gets a little aggravated from time to time. But I, I, I have a boot, like this is the boot I've had. Yeah. Yeah, so, so. That's, a, that's your travel boot. Ish, yeah, in a way. Do you have a collection? <laughs> no, no, I don't have a collection. Different designer boots of like different shows. Ooh! Hey man, that could be your thing. Like a because Louis it's kind of boot. An You're never gonna like just lose it. Like it keeps support when it hurts, right? Now is the time to start, dude. That's kind of crazy. I'm telling you, man. That would be the drip. Kanye would be like, <laughs> <laughs> Kanye has his own boots. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In their own right, but I agree. It was, yeah, it was very spare of the moment, honestly. Are you able to clear your head when you're doing that? Or in the flip, are you like, please? It's the only time I am clear. Okay. Yeah, for sure. That's dope, man.
Hey, 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 what's up? Nick Major here with the Spout Podcast. And uh, let's talk about dogs, everybody. Why? Because dogs are incredible. Mine, she, she is my my daughter, my best friend, my everything. Her name is Frankenstein. Hi, Frankie. How are you doing? Daddy loves you. But you know what I don't love? I don't love going to the grocery store, to the pet store to get her food. Because it's these big bulk bags that, while I, I will admit on the outside, they have these incredible looking pictures of meat, of steaks, of vegetables. And then I open it up and it is just these small, stale, smelly pellets that I feel guilty about giving my sweet little Frankie. Now, to be fair, she would be willing to eat anything I put in front of her, but that's just her and she just loves to eat anything. But I, her father who understands the importance of having a nutritional diet, I'm not about that. I want to make sure that she is eating stuff that is good for her. And that is why I want to talk to you about the farmer's dog. It's real. It's fresh, healthy food with whole meats and veggies, gently steamed in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. And they personalize your meals for your dog. You, you tell them the dog's age, the breed, the size, the weight. And from there, they will create a vet-developed meal plan for as little as $3 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portioned, ready-to-serve packets. And because they're delivered on your schedule, you will never run out. And dog people everywhere, just like me, have ordered more than 200 million meals from the farmer's dog. It has never been easier to invest in your dog's long-term health with fresh food. And I know that that is something that is so incredibly important to all of us. We want our little furry friends. Well, I mean, some dogs aren't, don't have fur, but we want our little friends to be healthy. So why not help them out when we know we can? And I'm super pumped because you can get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash spout. Plus, you get free shipping. Come on, try it out. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash spout. That's S-P-O-U-T to get that 50% off. Once again, thefarmersdog.com slash spout. So Weatherman, the new single, mm -hmm. and obviously title track off the upcoming album too. I was reading through some of the comments on, on YouTube and, you know, more often than not, they're just crazy complimentary and I saw a, co a couple that are like, this is such a new, innovative sound. And I, I agree with that with like an asterisk. Like you could tell there's a lot of mm -hmm. 60s, 70s, yep. 80s. I mean, I hear a lot of Beach Boys in that vibe too. Like mm -hmm. a lot of influences, but you're really bringing it to a modern audience that's not used to hearing that or definitely not with that kind of modern production. For sure. When you were writing this and, and when you're putting the things together, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. um, you hold up in, in Malibu? Yep. Just... That you needed the the is that because Malibu is similar to Australia or I think I think subconsciously absolute like waking up seeing the beach every day yeah. was like all I needed yeah. yeah because I mean yeah I have been right I've written so many songs with um so many people and then you know when all you know everyone was like we need all these songs you know I was really working refined it was just me and my collaborator Kid Culture yeah we were just in Malibu. Were you recording there too or just writing? So the whole album was written in 20 days in that span in Malibu. I, I'm sorry. Like, I just, if you don't know a lot about songwriting, that's, that's pretty insane to, to lock down a full project, narrow down the songs. Yeah. Like full selection, everything, 20 days. Yeah, full selection, like a lot of it recorded. And then we would, the process is very, very kind of interesting in the fact where, you know, songs would really dictate we weren't like okay so like writing the verse now mm -hmm. and then cutting the vocal like off weatherman we had the entire production arrangement chorus only yeah recorded the chorus then wrote the verse recorded the verse so like yeah there's i could see that though starting with mm -hmm. the very like staccato like dun, dun, exactly dun, yeah you already know that's 
Let's get nerdy with it then, man. Like, what, okay, so you're you're influenced by older sounds, but also modern production. Mm-hmm. Give me like maybe that old instrument or that old piece of tech that like you went. I need to involve this. I think. Oh, I mean, there's definitely a lot of gear that are like what we use that mm-hmm. is like really rare, and we did a lot of work on to, you know, kind of match the world of sonics we were hearing. So kind of like you know the warm analog 70s 60s kind of recording with that modern perspective of like you know kid is so tapped into kind of he can just he knows fl logic ableton pro like well kid culture he's not like exactly new to the scene i mean he knows what he's doing he knows and he's so insanely young he's like you know he's my so we were just like that yeah collaboration was just so powerful but yeah like he knows the detail of the modern sonics to a t and um just that arrangement style, yeah, was definitely crazy. But we definitely used a lot of vintage gear that I'm like not allowed to say as well, because like Mike Dean's, like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like precious. But like, so just real quick to explain, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you're not like being facetious. Like, <laughs> there is um, a lot of gear that belongs to people. It's their mm-hmm. private gear that they will quietly loan people. This is a common thing. Absolutely. We're not going to name names, but yeah, For sure. it, it, otherwise you wouldn't have access to it. Like, you know, just to yeah. keep something in that quality and that that working. Uh, yeah, you know, state is not 100%. Easy. And that was honestly my first time having access to this equipment. And like, you know, before just working on a computer, not ha- maybe necessarily being able to work with all these legends. Yeah. It's like, I'm hearing this thing. What is it? And, you know, kind of getting to work this equipment. Yeah, was was amazing. I, I would have, I, I want to know if it's like this, but I would imagine it's like when you see like an old photo and you mm-hmm. see like a guitar used in that or yeah. like, you know, a typewriter from like the 20s and then you actually mm. see that in a museum. Yeah. You kind of have this moment that's kind of warm that comes over you like, oh my God, that's history. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine playing and utilize something like that. I mean, yeah. For example, like one day we walk into mix, actually Weatherman and Mike's like, huh, got a new keyboard. I'm like, what is it? He's like, this is the one that's on Thriller. Shut up. Z. Dude. Z1. Dude. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, why are we recording Love of Let's do Thriller. Exactly. Did you play Thriller on it? I, no, I Come didn't. Come on. I was kind of, I know, I was like, he, we didn't even go near that preset. Oh, I just touched the mic by accident. Um, yeah, we didn't go near that preset. But yeah, like, just walk. And like, again, I would just want to say like how inclusive and how like obsessed with equipment and gear he yeah. still is. You know, he's still like, before we even start mixing records, he's like, come and look at all this gear. This is what I'm using. Like, he's well, so... You're passionate about it. He loves it. Yeah. And there's a magic that comes from that 100%. passion. 100%. Do you see yourself being the, the kind of artist now? Let's time capsule it 15 years from now. You know, I'm not, I'm not just trying to pump your tires just to pump your tires, but you're, you're doing okay. All right? So let's say that, that just this keeps it. going, man. You, you better see it. I see it. I see it. But let's say, clearly. okay, 15 years from now, man, mm-hmm. you've got the funds. You've got the, the place. You're collecting gear, aren't you? Yeah, I'm collecting Dude. so much gear. Are you bro. are you gonna be buying a lot of old like it's been used or Yeah, everything. everything. Already. You're gonna have a whole like Sam Ash guitar center just without question. <laughs> but like I'm really obsessed with recording mm-hmm. equipment in particular. Like, like what? <laughs> like, a lot of people listen and like no, also for like, sure. Like honestly, like there are a few like there are a few consoles that we've been mucking around with and like I have the, we have the studio in New York and I think there's a very special like 60s Neve in there that has been recorded some special records on there and just like yeah. fine tuning that and really like understanding like the old equipment and learning it in relationship to making a song is like what I'm focused on That's and like yeah they're $300,000 on a good day too. on a good yeah. day so 
The answer is yes. I get it, man. I mean, so I just jumped over to Universal Audio. It's cool. not a plug. I wish if they want to sponsor us, by all means. Um, but, you know, I switched over to, like, you know, stepping up the plugins a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. not a musician, but from a vocal standpoint, yeah. just the, the power of these plugins, like the Avalons and the preamps and stuff. So Amazing. I can't even imagine having access to the real racks, you know? Well, and that's what, but even then, so, like, being able to mix and match both of those worlds is, like, kind of... Yeah. When my brain gets so excited. We've we've heard a Neve being recorded at the highest level. Have we heard an amazing new modern part being recorded through a Neve and then it being manipulated through a modern perspective at for the sure. highest level? Maybe not. That's what, yeah. that's what one of my goals are, uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. You're obviously known for taking a few stabs at covers here and there. <laughs> and just having some fun with it. Yeah. Is there like a, a certain song during soundtrack that you practice with that you might not play live? Or is it a constantly rotating? It's constantly rotating, honestly. So what is it right now? What? That's a really good question. It is Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Dude! I've just been running that in the bus. Been, whenever I feel a little anxious, just it Calm just, you. just cruises me along. That's sick, man. Yeah, yeah. And you're a man of many instruments, too. Bass, first and foremost. But yes. You know your way around piano. Ooh, We're going to yeah, cut yeah. to you playing piano right here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I was tinkering. <laughs> it was random. Uh, what's an instrument that you picked up and you went... Nope, not for me. I tried. Damn. I tried. Well, here's the thing. I feel like... I feel like maybe when I go to an instrument, I can play what I hear most of the time. Whether I become, So if I pull out a mandolin right now... Yes. Really? Yes. I was kidding. Without question. Dude! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Without question. Especially strings. Like, I love strings. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, horns, I'm kind of like... That's can tricky. play a line, but I'm like, this is sounds... Bad. So, like, I feel like instruments, like strings, I'm, like, very, just have a natural kind of tendency, and I can kind of play what I feel. Maybe if the technique's not right, I can kind of, even like a sitar, I've kind of been able to jump on and play lines. Like, even when we were working with Earth, Wind, and Fire, actually, there was, like, a sitar. I, I wanted to bring of, that up, so I'm glad you brought it up, but go ahead. Yeah. But, yeah, just, like, mucking around on things like that, but, like, maybe not being classically efficient at that instrument and knowing kind of what that means in that world kind of opens your brain to be able to be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to play this like a bass and that actually makes it sound so different. Yeah. I yeah. love that you just said when I was working with Earth, Wind & Fire, like to, to the same degree that I would say, like when I was talking to my flight attendant the other day, oh like it's just gosh. a normal, like they aren't these <laughs> legends for multiple decades. No, they are. They are yeah. One word to describe working with Earth, Wind & Fire. I want you to think on it for a second. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Probably shocking. Shocking. I like that. Shocking. And my, my, my good friend Mike Sabbath actually, so when we did the string arrangement for that song, me and him wrote it um, in, at Megan's house, and seeing, he got it like printed in this beautiful, he, so we got, the, we got the music written, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back a little bit. So we had the music written, and in the so like you're saying sheet music and, yeah, we, yeah, we have sheet music yep. written, the lines are written for the horns, and we go into the studio and Earth, Wind and Fire's horn and strings are there, right? I like when, that you revised and you yeah. have a little bit more ease on um, it. Exactly, so, yeah, the, the, the arranger's there, mm-hmm. and just hearing our lines being played and perfectly recorded was just amazing. And, yeah, my friend surprised me with, like, the exact kind of handwritten charts that we used recording our parts, and, yeah, like, seeing that was like, wow, that's, that's shocking. Cool. I like shocking. For sure. I would say um, pleasantly irritating that legends like this because they can pick up anything like yeah, that. They see sure. the you know they see the sheet music and they're like cool, got it. Like, do you want to run it? No, I'm, I got it. Nope. And that thing changes like it's really funny actually. I will say because it goes up a half step. Mm-hmm. It's like the key. The, the so many flats happen and I like it's it's 
awesome to see the players like kind of interacting with the score and like big circle around the key change. Everyone, look, there's a key change here, but like that's it. Other yep. than that, then just it's easy for them. Dude, Eddie, I, I'm I'm feeling this musical energy that you're radiating. I know how much is coming from you soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a sucker for horns, so the more you can work in uh, future singles, I know you'll take my personal advisement under guidance. But sure. <laughs> Eddie Benjamin, man, it, I. I'm really excited to see what you do. Thank genuinely. You, Thank you, man. Congratulations on Thank everything. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks you taking so time, man. Awesome. To see more of our conversation with Eddie Benjamin, search Spout Podcast on IG or Twitter or at spoutpodcast.com. Next week, back for a second time, Lizzo spouts off. I go, she knows what time it is. It's bad clock. And I think I just made that up on the spot. And I was like, I want to put that in a song. So I put it in the song. And to specify exactly what bad o'clock is, it's thick 30. So um, everybody set your alarms to thick 30 uh, because that's when it goes down. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media and created by Phil Becker. Spout. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, Whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more.